Welcome in everybody to Betting Pros. It's time to place your bets. It's me, Joey P, Joe PZP, and it's week seven in the NFL. And that means it's time to look at our favorite picks for the week. And to help us, of course, is the prop prophet Andrew Erickson back again. Uh, I, I heard tomorrow, uh, or next week rather, at some point, you're going to have to go to jury duty. Is this true, Erickson? Uh, what, how did you not get out of this? Don't they know that you're famous? I don't understand. They don't, they don't care how many followers I have on X or that I work for betting pros slash fantasy pros or that I am the props profit. They don't care. They're like, you're an American citizen, so you need to do your duty and you need to go to jury duty. So should be fun. No, but it's like weddings, you know, it's jury duty, weddings, things you don't do during the NFL season. It's fall. Well, it's, I mean, it's how you, it's how you know that I'm going to be 30 years old soon. Ah, that's right. <laughs> creeping up. Uh, Joe Lisi, <laughs> our guest from sports grid TV. Do you remember when 30 was creeping up on you? Those were the days, wasn't it, buddy? Don't even, don't even mention it, Joe. It's always a pleasure. 30 is, is in the rear view mirror, way in the yes. mirror review. Yeah. It's amazing, but that's okay. I think we look great. I think we're doing awesome. You and me, Erickson, this is the model for you. Take a good look. This is how you want to age, like fine wine, like Joe Lisi and yes. Joey P. Uh, today, we're going to continue on looking again, numbers against the spread, the over-unders, our favorite money line picks, all of the above. So if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the Betting Pros YouTube channel while you're watching here, or if you're listening, run over to YouTube and subscribe. Drop a comment below too, because we love to hear from you guys what you're in on this week in week seven in the NFL. So drop those comments, because remember, if you subscribe and drop the comment below, you have a chance to win free stuff. We just gave away the Odell Beckham jersey, and now we're giving away Robert Tunyon's jersey. That's right, he doesn't need it. So we're giving it away to you. It's autographed and signed by Robert Tunyon. Win this, give it to a Packer fan friend of yours the holidays are coming makes a fun gift i'm telling you you want this one and if uh, again you just subscribe and click that little bell till it goes ding you'll know if you're the big winner of our latest giveaway all right gentlemen it's time to get to work joe lisi you're our guest let's talk about week seven what's the first pick that you have that you're in on this week well yeah i it took a while to break these down but these i actually feel pretty good up you know look at the line right now with cleveland minus two and a half in this ball game i was completely impressed the way the front seven played last week against brock purdy they shut down the run now granted mccaffrey did get his yards and hit paid dirt but in my opinion i thought they played lights out forced turnovers gave their offense an opportunity for short fields with P.J. Walker. And even if Deshaun Watson doesn't go, I don't care. The interior line play of the Cleveland Browns is where I think this pick is. Even if it crept over the three, three-and-a-half point level, I would still lay it with the Cleveland Browns. Just not a big believer in terms of Indianapolis. I understand over-exceeding expectations right now, but Gardner Minshew is a quarterback that you know where he's going to be. I think they could get quarterback pressures, force turnovers. I'm laying it with the Cleveland Browns, guys. Yeah, I like like that call too. the uh the under for this game actually made my picks of the week joe because i feel like again the cleveland browns defense has been so good if deshaun watson doesn't play again this could be a little bit of a drag in terms of offense maybe on both sides of the football for both of these teams so uh interesting game here and i think you nailed it dude the cleveland browns defense is absolutely 100 for real and that was the coming out party officially for everybody to take notice of it now all of us we recognized it we were talking right. about it but they got a real test with San Fran and they pass with flying colors in a difficult situation too. Andrew Erickson, week seven's upon us. What do you have for the people? I'm back in the pack. Packers money <laughs> line for me over the Denver Broncos. 
The Denver Broncos defense played well on Thursday night against the Chiefs, but I'm going to chalk it up to being a weird game played on Thursday, division rivals. That That's not going to be the case here in this particular matchup because Green Bay has the weapons, specifically with Christian Watson, to expose what's been killing the Broncos this year, and that's been big plays. The Chiefs don't generate big plays on offense because of the personnel they have. The Packers all year have been trying to dial up big plays. Like it's left and right, they're, they're, they're launching balls down the field with Jordan Love, who has the fourth highest deep ball rate in the NFL, but he has the fourth worst completion rate on those deep balls. Eventually, you're going to see some regression kick in. Christian Watson is back to a full-time role. He's fully off the injury report. And what better defense to do it again than the defense allowing the second most explosive plays per game than the Denver Broncos. So I think that the Packers offense gets back on track to what we saw during the beginning of the season when they started out really hot. Denver's 0-6 versus spread this year. They're 1-5 straight up. And their only win came against the Bears in a game they should have lost. So I'm going to just continue to fade the Denver Broncos overrated team. They've been overrated since Sean Payton got there. It's been profitable to just keep betting against the Denver Broncos. <laughs> That's and true. I'm going to keep doing it. So I'm going with the Packers here who are coming off a bye week. They're healthier in their secondary on their offensive line. I think it's a get-right spot for Green Bay. I like that you mentioned yeah. Christian Watson like because, it. again, that is he's such an explosive player. If you're in on this Packers bet here with Andrew, I think you do that little skitty parlay, you know, that double up that we talk about sometimes of taking our favorite prop along with, you know, a piece of the game. I think it's the Watson over on the receiving yards. And again, specifically receiving yards and not receptions because you don't know how many looks he's going to get, but you know, he just needs one <laughs> to really make it a special I mean, moment. I mean, last week, in the last game he played, mm -hmm. he saw 170 air yards. He had like 80% of the team's total air yards. Yeah, like it's going to convert. Oh, I'm trying in, to acquire him against this defense. I've sent out <laughs> trades everywhere for him. I don't think I'm going to get him anywhere, but you know, you can't fault me for trying. The other thing you should all try and do also is make sure you make all these picks count. And the way you do that is by going to bettingpros.com slash NFL contest. Again, it's free to join. Gambling does not have to be legal in your state. You're just making picks, having fun, joining us, download the BP app, Go to the community tab, join the NFL contest, and you could win a Jackson Smith and Jigba autographed jersey. That's the grand prize. Again, five picks a week, 100 picks on the season. But if you're saying, oh, Joe, it's the 19th of October, how can I possibly win? Well, we're still doing weekly prizes, monthly prizes, upgrades to betting pros premium, to fantasy pros premium, and swag from our shops at both of those places, hats, t-shirts, you name it. We've got it. So go ahead, get in there, bettingpros.com slash NFL contest. Join that bad boy today. Speaking of bad boys, Joe Lisi, the bad boy of Central Jersey. We all know that. <laughs> the, the reputation Thanks, the reputation precedes you, Joey. <laughs> uh, so let's go to uh, your number two pick on the list for week seven. Well, let's keep it in state then. And this game is ugly. Washington <laughs> on the road against the New York Giants, right? Giants get the covers of 15 and a half point dog. Terrible decision by Tyrod Taylor, Kafka, Dable. Whoever made that call at the end of the first half cost the New York Giants that ball game. But I'm not sold on Ron Rivera. I did pick the commanders over Atlanta last week. I'm just not sold on in terms of Des Ritter. I know we broke out two weeks ago a little inconsistent. I thought Sam Howell and more importantly, the defense could catch Atlanta in terms of a look at spot. I like I like the Giants here. I am not sold on Ron Rivera in a big spot. I know they have more explosiveness in regards to the Washington side. But I think the physicality of the New York Giants playing at home, I think they're able to run it on the on the front seven of Washington. Saquon had a huge performance in the second half at 93 yards. I like the mobility of Tyrod Taylor. And I actually believe 
even though he sucked last week, Brian Dable is a much better head coach than Ron Rivera. Give me the Giants in the upset. Typically, they step up against the Commanders, especially in MetLife. I like them to step up here. You know, I've been struggling with this game all week, so I'm, I'm glad to hear you talk about it with such confidence. And the thing that I do like is the way the Giants defense performed and the Washington commanders give up a lot of sacks. If you can get to the quarterback, you can flush him out. Sam Howell is, is our own betting pro. Scott Bogman loves to call him Jekyll and Howell. He will throw picks. He will make mistakes. He will rush the football sometimes. How much of the defensive performance from what you saw against the Bills do you think can carry over to this game against Washington? Well, it's not just the Bills. Look at the turnovers they forced True. against two or two weeks ago, right. three interceptions. So if the, I, I, that is the biggest thing, too, I think, is that Wink Martindale, from a defensive perspective, will call a lot of different coverages to force Sam Howell to break it down. And on the road, hopefully, the fan base is involved in terms of this matchup and ball game. It is an NFC matchup, so I think that adds a little more spice to this to this ball game as well. And, you know, again, it comes down to the coaches. I believe more in Dable than I believe more in Ron Rivera, even though they're over-exceeding expectations right now. I believe in, in Tyrod Taylor, and as long as Barkley's there, to run the football, stay in manageable third downs, and I think somehow, some way, they catch the upset. Again, they're catching three. They're not laying it, so that's why I favor the Giants at home here. I like it. Good stuff there. Uh, all right, Wink Erickson, let's get back to you instead. How come you don't have a cool nickname like Wink? I mean, I guess the prop profit or BP is pretty good. I mean, you did get a T-shirt. You know, big. I did get a T-shirt. Well, they, Joe, they call him Big Pod Energy. This guy, right? Or he calls himself that, I should say. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, he gets a T-shirt made, and I still, I've been here three years. I still don't have a T-shirt made for any of my nonsense. I'm just saying, getting jelly, getting jelly over here, Erickson. All right, give us another pick here. Make up for it. Yeah, I'm looking at, uh, you know, talking about Desmond Ritter, Falcons, Bucks under 37 and a half. Look, I think that both these defenses are really underrated. Atlanta's defense, sixth best red zone unit, second best in terms of third down conversion rate allowed on defense. They're five and one towards the under the season. The Atlanta Falcons, the Buccaneers are four and one towards the under. They have the number one red zone defense. And the biggest trend I've been following when it comes to Desmond Ritter is him on the road versus him at home. Yeah. And even last week, as bad as he played, they still had three chances to cover in that game. They did. They got the ball three times, down eight points in the fourth quarter with a chance to do something with it, and they did. But that's the fact that Ritter does usually play better at home. He's done that at the college level. He's done it at the professional level. But now that he's on the road, hostile environment against Tampa Bay, who already has, again, the number one red zone defense, I have no faith that this game is going to go over. 37 and a half, both top red zone defenses. So I'm going to take the under 37 and a half. This is an interesting one here too, because this is a very important in division game for those of us who have money on the Falcons to win this division. I can tell you we'll be rooting very heartily for the Falcons right now uh, on Sunday. That's for sure. But you make some good points there against Desmond Ritter. Do you think how short I should say is the leash for Desmond Ritter in your opinion, Eric? And I know there was a disappointing loss last week at home, but this division is still very up for grabs, very winnable. How short is that leash? Like, how many losses does it take for the Heineke chatter to really start to pick up stream? I feel like it's going to be. I feel like it's kind of kind of long, honestly. Like, think about like Marcus okay. Mariota last year. Like, how long did they stick well, that with was Marcus insane. Mariota before uh, the answer's too they long. went? <laughs> but they still did it. So, right. and it was the same coaching staff. And I, I know in last week's game, they kept panning to Arthur Smith, and he's just like holding his head up, and he's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe my quarterback just did that again." 
So I'd like to think that maybe they go to Heineke at some point, but I mean, we know what Heineke is at this point. Like he's a plucky backup that you want to start because he can get you a win or two, like get you through your quarterback being injured. He's not a long-term answer at the position. So I think that they're going to probably ride with Ritter until the wheels fall off. I realized I dropped a Welshism. I said, pick up stream instead of pick up steam. Uh, so Welsh will be very proud. By the way, Welsh will be on the prop show tomorrow. Speaking of the Welsh, that's what happens when you hang out with people, uh, you know, who say dumb things too much. My good friend Welsh. Now you start to sound uh, and, and pick up your own Welshisms. This is a problem. All right, let's get back to you, Joe. Give us another pick for week seven. What do you have? Going four o'clock window. I'm going out west. It's a interconference game. You got Pittsburgh on the road to face off against Matt Stafford and the L.A. Rams. Laying three. I like the Rams in this ball game. I mean, to me, I think it's the right side. Cooper Cup steps up with a hundred yard performance. Puka Nakua. Even though he was contained last week, I think he, they could attack the secondary over the top in terms of the Steelers. Everybody talks about the Steelers, and rightfully so, in terms of T.J. Watt. But they give up a ton of yards each and every week, especially in the back end. A couple of weeks ago on prime time, Jimmy Garoppolo attacked them. Devontae Adams had a buck 72 in terms of that matchup, even though they lost. I like the rushing attack, even though Kyron Williams out. I still think the offensive line is playing well. And I'm not sold about the offensive identity for Pittsburgh. They're going to need to run the football on Aaron Donald in the front seven. And that's where I have a concern. Right, Even though they're coming out of a bye week, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, a little bit inconsistent. That offensive line hasn't been there. And the L.A. Rams secondary is basically holding opposing offenses and quarterbacks to right around 215 passing yards per game. If they put them into long third downs, I think that favors the defense. I love L.A. This is one of my better picks. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I like the Rams at home. Saturday afternoon. I like the Rams at home too. I know they're getting Deontay Johnson back on the side of the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I'm with you, Joe, which is the, you've been able to throw on this team all day long. And with the injuries they've had at the running back position, I think that's all the Rams can do and want to do. So I, I'm sure on Friday on the DFS show, uh, Derek Brown and I are going to talk quite a bit about the Rams and quite a bit about Puka as well as Cooper Cup, who is the highest price wide receiver with Chase and Jefferson not available on the board anymore. So might be one of those weeks to pay up for him with this matchup we've got here. All right, let's get to another one of Erickson's picks for week three. Uh, I feel like you're kind of uh, continuing on with the theme here, Erickson. Yeah, I'm just going right back to the Buccaneers and Falcons again. I'm just taking the Buccaneers minus two and a half. Look, Atlanta here about the road stats. So they've averaged six and a half points per game on the road this year. But less than a touchdown. Again, just going back to how Ritter has played on the road. Tampa Bay, the number one red zone defense. I don't think that the the um, the the Falcons are really going to score that much. Like I really don't think that's going to happen. And the biggest thing here is too is is turnover margin. You know, the reason why Tampa Bay's been successful with Baker Mayfield a lot of the season is because their defense is generating a lot of turnovers, and Baker Mayfield is not turning the ball over himself. Tampa Bay second and plus turnover margin. The Falcons are twenty seventh in that category. Desmond Ritter is ranked third in turnover-worthy play rate. He has 14 turnover-worthy plays this season. So combined between interceptions and fumbles, not necessarily interceptions and fumbles that actually happened, but ones that should have happened. We've played six games. He has 14 of them. Like, there's going to be turnover battle won, I think, by Tampa Bay, and ultimately it's going to put them over the top to win by a field goal here at home. So, And they can also stop the Falcons' run game. That's the other big thing. So if the Falcons are behind... 
and you're putting the ball in Desmond Ritter's hands, like that's a bet I want to be making. I think that's what's going to happen in this matchup. Yeah, good stuff there. All right, so you're very invested in this game. So there you go. Well, Erickson will be glued to the TV on Sunday for this one. Uh, let's get to another one here. Uh, before we do, just a quick reminder, as you continue to look through these games and watching these lines, set those betting pros app alerts to you. The app line alerts, the game notifications. You can find specific games. Don't forget, when you download the betting pros app, you can set the game notifications, track them as line movement happens, and then jump in whenever you want to jump in, whenever you think the value is best. That's the beauty of the betting pros app. So make sure you're utilizing all the tools here to help you be successful along with the podcast, along with all the written content here. And if you haven't go check out Erickson stuff every single week and everybody's content over here, the college guys are crushing it. Erickson's crushing it. Go check out the written content on betting pros as well. Joe Lisi, you and I are more talkers. So let's get back to talking. <laughs> so let's talk about another pick that you have here for week seven. Yeah, interesting, right? We saw Lamar Jackson get the win in terms of London last week. And again, he started fast. He completes 8 of 11, basically 113 yards in the first half. And they go more conservative in the second half and allow Tennessee back into that ballgame. John Harbaugh settles. He's got a fourth and one inside the five-yard line, inside the three, and he opts to kick the field goal. I get it to make it an eight-score game, eight-point game. But you have Lamar Jackson. You have you have you have a rookie, a second-year quarterback in Malik Willis that was in in the ball game at that particular time. Too conservative. They cannot play that way against the Detroit Lions. But I do feel Lamar could break out not just on the ground through the air against the secondary for the Lions. They dominated Baker Mayfield last week. The rushing attack was non-existent. I think they throw it to run it later in the ball game, and I know it's Jared Goff. I understand that they're dominating right now, but I still am not sold on the secondary of Detroit. A big day for Lamar through the air on the ground. They cover the three-point number at home over the Lions. It's a big test for the Lions, too. You know, to go on the road, the AFC here, and see how this all works out for them. So I want to see how the Lions react. Look, so far, they have shown up to every big test. So... That's good, but this is another one here, and not that I'm giving Baltimore too much credit, but Erickson, your next pick is also in this same Detroit-Baltimore game. Yeah, I actually like the over in this game at 42.5. Now, it feels weird to be talking overs in a sea of where unders are hitting at an unsustainable rate, but I'm just looking at betting on two quarterbacks that I think are playing some of their top ball right now. So I, I agree that Lamar Jackson is set up really well here against a suspect Detroit secondary but I also think that the Lions can have a lot of success on offense as well. They have the number one pass blocking unit per PFF. The Ravens have the fourth worst pass rush. Like they're going to have time to throw the football. And that's where Jared Goff has been so good this year because he has time in the pocket. You give him time and not playing in cold weather and he's going to dice you up. They couldn't run the ball at all last week against the Buccaneers. And what did Jared Goff do? He threw for 340 passing yards and they were one dimensional. He was still able to get it done with backup running backs. So I think that this offense is going to be effective because I think the Ravens defense is overrated. Look at who they've played. They've played two rookie quarterbacks making their first starts and injured Joe Burrow, Garter Minshew, Kenny Pickett, and Ryan Tannehill slash Malik Willis. I was going to say, and then last week they did the same thing. It's like you only had Ryan Tannehill for a few They have played nobody that's worthy of being tested. And the only game that's gone over for them was against Joe Burrow, the best quarterback they have faced. And he wasn't even at 100%. So... I think, again, 42 and a half, just betting on two quarterbacks that are playing super well. 
I like the over in this spot. All right. Good argument there for the over. So another game here along with that Bucks falcons matchup. Ravens-Lions got a lot of action, a lot of heat on it this week. So uh, let's get to the last ones here on the list for the gentlemen for week seven, the NFL. Joe Lisi, take it away. Yeah, I'm going oh, maybe old school, but I, and I'm going contrarian. I'm going over Buffalo and New England, and I get it. New England's offense is absolutely atrocious. I was actually on them catching uh, three and a half last week. The sack absolutely killed me with Mac Jones. But here's the thing. They took eight minutes, guys, to score on a touchdown in the fourth quarter, right? That, they went 60 yards in basically eight and a half minutes. That's how pathetic they were. They cannot do that in terms of this ballgame. If they're going to try to old school it the way the Giants did on Sunday night, if I'm Buffalo, I want to push tempo. I, I sort of believe that Buffalo played down to the New York Giants and allowing the Giants to dictate that type of game with the rushing attack of Tyrod Taylor and, and Saquon Barkley. I don't think it happens this week. They got pushed to the limit by the Giants. They a goal line stand, last play of the game. They have a beatable opponent that they dominate in recent years if they jump up 14 nothing it's lights out i don't think they stop especially laying eight and a half especially a divisional opponent i think josh allen breaks out they could potentially get the 40 and a half on their own yes i i think it's over the 40 and a half in this ball game i'm Love so it. glad you said that that's exact. i was like well i guess the score is 40 to three like i feel like that's the score here and you're 100 percent right they they are going right? to push it and and they that's what they've done historically is beat up on the patriots now that they can and they should for all those years that the patriots used to beat up on them it makes perfect sense erickson and i being patriots fans we accept this fate already uh i made money again last week on the raiders as i have every single week betting against the patriots and i'm going to continue to do that this week also the fascinating thing here joe i also think people are overrating a little bit too much what happened in that giants game because i also think when Damian Harris went down with that injury, I think that took a lot of air out of that bubble for them. There was, you know, shades of that tragic situation last year with Tamar Hamlin. I think the whole air went out of that team for a long while. They got it pumped back up just in time to pull that game out, luckily for them. But I think that is not going to be the case when they go to New England this week. Uh, Erickson, let's close things out here strong. What do you have here for the people for your final peak of week seven? I'm just ready to watch the offensive fireworks on Sunday night football. So I'm betting the over Eagles, Dolphins over 51 and a half points. Look, so Miami's one of the few teams this year that's actually been hitting their over. So they're four and two towards the over the two games that have not hit the over with the Dolphins have been when they've played the two worst offenses in the NFL between the Giants and the Patriots. That has what's that has what stopped the Dolphins from hitting overs in every single game this year. They're playing the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles in terms of offensive rank, fifth in points per game, third in points per game at home. Both of their home games that they've played in Philadelphia, over 60 points total. I I'm going over here. I I all my bets could flame out during the day, during Sunday or one o'clock, four o'clock. I'm going to be getting my popcorn ready, fireworks. I'm ready to watch this show. Sunday Night Football, let's go. Over. I love it. Um, if anybody saw my video this week on betting pros, my top 10 bets of the week, the Miami money line was uh, part of 40% of those bets this week being about the Dolphins. And Joe, the point I'm making everybody is if they go into Philadelphia, beat a team on the road in the Eagles that went to the Super Bowl last year and beat them convincingly, all these numbers like Tua for MVP, which is a plus 350 on betting pros, Tyreek Hill, that's still in plus money, barely a plus 150 for AP player of the year. Josh, uh, I mean, excuse me, um, Mike McDaniel, at plus 300 for coach of the year 
all of these numbers are going to move significantly. Now, if they lose, I don't think they really move. But if they win, I think they do. Yeah. Do you see this as a pivotal week here for any investment you want to make in the Dolphins? Yeah, I'm not going to be betting this game maybe, you know, pre-kick, you know, in regards to that because I do want to see a couple of drives. Here's the biggest factor for me. If they can run on the front seven of the Philadelphia Eagles, and I understand the Jets made second-half adjustments and caught them in terms of MetLife. But, well, Jalen you know, Carter Jay didn't play either. Right, Jalen Carter in that lineup is a huge difference maker. Mm -hmm. So, again, if the rushing attack could basically take over on the road, then I'm in agreement with you because the biggest thing in terms of a playoff type of environment, if we're thinking big picture for the Miami Dolphins, if they can go on the road and run the football consistently, let's not forget they did it against New England and Foxborough. They rushed for a buck 41 on that front seven earlier in the, I want to see that against the Eagles in this environment. It's supposed to be a little bit of cold weather. I want to see them perform in that type of situation as well. It's on grass, even better. I want to see that because we know the MO. They struggle with Norwich Park in terms of beating the Buffalo Bills. If if you want to go and, and win an AFC championship, you're most likely going to have to go to Kansas City. They need to run the football. So that's the biggest thing I want to see. If they do that and win this ballgame, convincingly i'm with you i think big picture they could challenge the chiefs the last time uh an nfl team led the league in rushing yards and passing yards 1941 and just if you're keeping Old score school. at home they were still wearing leather helmets at yeah. that point there you go uh erickson uh you, you still have your leather helmet you still wear that sometimes when you go out just for protection in those cold new england uh, nights no not so much all right uh, erickson what do you think about this whole dolphins conversation too because before we go i think this is an important conversation i know you're in here on the over but you and i both know it, it, these are media awards and when you have a big win on the road on a standalone primetime sunday night game it gets a lot of traction in the betting universe. And I think this is something people, if you, again, if you're in on the Dolphins, this is the time to get in because if it flames out, I don't think it really moves all that much unless they get really just torched, which I don't see, I don't think any of us see that happening necessarily. Anything's possible. But what do you think about this Dolphins numbers of everyone for all these awards maybe moving if they get this win? No, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think that one of the undervalued ones is maybe doing a Tyree kill for MVP. Um, you know, just kind of the narrative around Tua is... You know, how much credit does he deserve? And, you know, if he were to miss any time, okay, if Mike White steps in and they don't miss a beat, then that's boosters for Tyreek Hill, who is currently averaging like five yards per route run, which is like absolutely insane. When you look at a stat like that, two yards per route run is good. He's averaging five yards per route run. Like it's, it's bonkers. So if he could break the receiving record, like if he does all those things and he doesn't win MVP, like, yeah, like you're talking offensive player of the year. Like, yeah, at plus money, I think that's awesome. But maybe... MVP is not totally impossible for a wide receiver. I think it could happen. Right now, the best odds you can get on Tyreek Hill, plus 5,000. I'm looking at it right now on Betting Pros. So, uh, yeah, it's out there, folks. It's out there, and it's interesting. You're getting plus 4,000, I see, on DraftKings and on FanDuel. Uh, it's already down to plus 3,000 on Caesars. I, I say down to plus 3,000, but Erickson makes a great point. And I also wonder, as the media who votes for these awards, gentlemen, starts to get a little younger, if they start to change their whole, like, it can only be a quarterback award. And I think that's something to watch, not just this year, but in the years ahead, as things start to evolve. Just like, you know, in the baseball world, you know, the writers who voted for awards, things evolved. Remember when Felix Hernandez won the Cy Young, what do you have, like 13 wins, I think, that year or something ridiculous like that? People look past it, look to the secondary numbers, but that took a long time to get there. People loved wins. So 
ever evolving. That's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to help you win money. Joe Lisi is always a big help in that regard. Go follow him on X at Go For The Two. Check him out on Sports Grid TV every Saturday, every Sunday. He's doing college football. He's doing uh, pro football today on Sundays after my show on Sports Grid at 10 a.m. Eastern. Go check him out there. Joe, when do you sleep? Honestly, just a little bit I on don't. Saturday night? No. <laughs> Saturday night, a little. Sunday night actually is my biggest sleep night after the Sunday night game. There so you go. I get a little R&R to there catch up for Monday night fo football, guys. Sleep in on Monday. All right, everybody, make sure you download that Betting Pros app. Drop the comments below. Let us know what you are in on this week. Join the NFL contest at bettingpros.com slash NFL contest. And uh, again, click that bell for notifications so you know every time a piece of content drops here on the Betting Pros YouTube channel. That'll do it for us. But the story of the game goes on. For Joe Lisi and Andrew Erickson, I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids. Thanks for listening to the Betting Pros podcast. Follow us on X and TikTok at Betting Pros and Instagram at Betting Pros NFL. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash bettingpros.